you. So today we're going to look at God growing large and strong communities. I want to ask you, uh, what, what will we stick with for the rest of our lives? As you, as, you, as you think of yourself right now, what you're doing with your life right now, what, what will we stick with for the rest of our lives? I asked in our earlier teaching time, I, I didn't look this up, but I've heard this like astronomical statistic that for most of us in our society, we make 15 changes in our job. So I would say that for most of us, our occupation, you probably don't want to say, well, I'm going to stick with my job for the rest of my life. Because right now, statistically, that's kind of against us. So it may not be our job. Could be. That'd be great. Then I thought about marriage, because this week I was uh, with a group of guys, and I made the comment that I, I, I just really don't think that the church in general, church people ought not to be critical of unchurched people in, in some social areas like marriage. Because statistically, uh, those of us that are churched, our marriages are falling apart just as much as those that aren't churched. And this guy quickly spoke up and said, no, that's not right. So then I did a little research. And, and you know, he's right. Divorce rates are falling. But do you know why divorce rates are falling? Because fewer of us are getting married. It's unbelievable. It's through the chart. It's like, you know, I don't think I can stick with marriage for the rest of my life, so let's not even get married. So maybe it's not marriage. I mean, it's a good thing to stick with marriage for the rest of our lives, but maybe, again, maybe, it's, maybe that's kind of stacked against us. So what, what is it? What is it? That we, can, that we can stick with for the rest of our lives? Well, one way to answer that question is to look at what is God doing? What has God been doing? What is God doing? May, you know, there's a permanence about God. Remember the verse, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So maybe, you know, if we connect our purposes with God's purposes, maybe we can stick with that for the rest of our lives. So what's God doing? Well, last week we discovered that God is breaking through to the nations. He's opening up the nations to life. And so what, what we're, we're discovering is that the message of Jesus, the invitation to follow Jesus, it's just not a Jewish, I mean, it wasn't just an invitation to Jews. It's through Israel, through a Jewish nation, to the rest of the world. And then did you notice it's an invitation to life? It's not an invitation to death. It's not an, it's not an invitation to condemnation. It's an invitation to forgiveness. Life like we've never known it, this great invitation. So maybe we could stick with that for the rest of our life. And then today in our paragraph, there's this guy Barnabas. As soon as he arrived in Antioch, which is in Syria, he saw that God was behind and in it all. And it's that it, that's the it. What is it that God is behind and in it all? What is that? Because when Barnabas stepped into Antioch in Syria, he began to see this, this mixing of these places and people. People from Antioch, Cyrene, Cyprus, Phoenicia, Samaria, Judea, Jerusalem. Something, what, you know, what in the world is going to get us? Bringing people of really different nations, cultures, language. What's bringing them together? What are they in? 
And so I would like to just suggest before we read the paragraph that the it is this. God growing large and strong cross-cultural communities who announce the king and his kingdom. That's what we can give ourselves to for the rest of our lives. That's what God's doing. So we can partner with him. We can join him. We can be in on it because that's what God is behind and in. God growing large and strong cross-cultural communities who announce the king and his kingdom. Acts 11, 19 to 24 is, is where I get that idea. So if you want to follow along with me, those who'd been scattered by the persecution triggered by Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, but they were still only speaking and dealing with their fellow Jews. Then some of the men from Cyprus and Cyrene who had come to Antioch started talking to Greeks, giving them the message of the Master Jesus. God was pleased with what they were doing and put his stamp of approval on it. Quite a number of the Greeks believed and turned to the Master. When the church in Jerusalem got wind of it, they sent Barnabas to Antioch to check on things. As soon as he arrived, he saw that God was behind and in it all. So Barnabas threw himself in with them, got behind them, urging them to stay with it, stay with it the rest of your lives. He was a good man that way, enthusiastic and confident in the Holy Spirit's ways. The community grew large and strong in the master. Oops, pushed the wrong button. Here we go. So as we go in this story, you've got, it's the story of these people that follow Jesus. And it's a story that starts in Jerusalem. So it starts in Jerusalem, in Israel. And it's, it's really, it's a story about Jews who start following Jesus. And they're Jews that are scattered all over the Mediterranean basin that come together for a festival called Pentecost. And at that festival, that's, that's when this thing called church starts. And that, that group of people, Jews following Jesus, they, all, they, all they were doing was they were announcing, hey, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the king that was promised from the old covenant. He's the one. And when that king comes, there's a kingdom that comes. And so that's, real, that's all that's going on in Jerusalem. But that message brings them into conflict with other powers. So there is a religious power in Jerusalem that says, no, Jesus is not the Messiah and the kingdom is not here. And that religious power persecuted those that were following Jesus to the point that Stephen is killed, stoned to death. And then there's this scattering of, of these people out of Jerusalem, out and abroad. But you know, when you, when you read that story, they're not going, they don't, it's like they don't have a chip on their shoulder. It's like, okay, that wasn't any fun. Don't, you know, we're not going to stay around and you know, invite more persecution, we're just going to go, we're going to go on out. We're going to get to Judea and we're going to go to Samaria. And then we're going to just kind of keep going out because, because we have this message that we want to share with the world. So you just track with them out of Jerusalem into Samaria. You've got Philip and Peter delivering the same message. 
And then you come into this paragraph, and you've got Phoenicians, you've got Cyprus, you've got people from Syria, Antioch, and this other strange place called Cyrene. Anybody know where Cyrene is? Never heard of that. Interesting, isn't it? And, and they're, they're going, they're, they're, they're willing to, to relocate. And, and when you look at this map, this is what this little boundary, this is the, what the Roman Empire in the first century was. And so our story starts in Jerusalem, and then there's persecution, so then they go a little bit broader to Samaria, then they go up the coast, this is Phoenicia, some cross over to Cyprus, some up, end up here in Syria, which is Antioch, and over here is Cyrene. So that's northern Africa, but that nation, anybody know your geography well enough to say Cyrene is in what nation? Um, come on, Connor. You're closest to the textbooks. You've got to have the answer. Come on. It's not, it's not Egypt. It's the nation right next door to, to Egypt. What is that nation? Oh! It, Morocco. Morocco, no. But... See, you know, it's very good. Very, anybody, anybody else want to take a stab at it? Libya. Libya. Yeah. What? Libya. So these people that are willing to relocate from northern Africa out of Jerusalem, and they're kind of being drawn up here to now Syria. I mean, what's, what's what this message of a king and his kingdom is causing people like to, to move about? And then you start seeing that these, these, great divides, these great divides, like between, or like before Jesus, you've got a Jewish world and you've got a Greek world. And, and those two worlds, are, they're going opposite directions. They don't, they don't speak the same language. The Jewish world speaks Hebrew, and the Greek world speaks Greek. Yeah, and, and they, so it's not like Jews didn't learn Greek. They did. They could speak both. But they, they had a culture, and they were really threatened. As the Roman Empire is pressing in on Israel, they're, they're really threatened. How are we going to preserve our religion? How are we going to preserve our culture? How are we going to preserve our language? And, and so they're, they're just going opposite directions. But then Jesus comes, the king comes, and it becomes obvious that his kingdom is made up of people from all over the world. And so then you have this, this change of direction. And so now Jews from Cyrene, northern Africa, Libyans, and Jews from Cyprus end up in Antioch in Syria. And they're sharing with those that speak Greek the story of Jesus. These are radical changes in this world, just because of this message. And, and they're announcing the message. It's now going, it's cross-cultural. Sharing the story of the king and his, and his kingdom. Cyrene, just, just because, I mean, it's like, that just seems out of, where in the world? There's, other, there's two other references to Cyrene in the New Testament, just so you get a point of reference. Remember Simon, the guy that was on the, the, the way of the cross, that was asked in, to to carry the cross beam of Jesus' cross, he, he was from Cyrene. 
And then notice the listing of the nations at Pentecost when the church began. Notice right in the middle there, the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene. So you have this Jewish population in northern Africa. And some of those folks begin to follow Jesus at Pentecost. And then Barnabas comes, sent by the Jerusalem church. Hey, the message of Jesus is kind of, it's drawing people to Antioch. And now there's Jews following Jesus, talking to Greeks, inviting them. And now we have Greeks and Jews together in this thing called church. And, and they're, they're, they're recognizing Jesus as the king and his kingdom is coming. And so Barnabas goes to check it out. Barnabas himself is from Cyprus. He was, a, he was a Jewish priest. He was a Levite. And when, when he was introduced to Jesus in Jerusalem, he decided, well, I'm in this for life. So he sold his home. He sold his property in Cyprus, contributed to the community so that everybody's need is met. And he's just hanging out in the it. And he's an encourager. He's a guy that you and I would love to hang out with. He builds people up. He's enthusiastic. He's confident in the ways of the Holy Spirit. And he goes from Jerusalem to Antioch and he immediately discerns, wow, God is at work here. God is growing a large and a strong community of people who announce the king and the kingdom. So as you go through this kind of this period of history and you, and you see that this, I mean, this is really, if you want to know what God's heart is, this is God's, this is what God wants to do. This is what God has been doing. He starts it at this time in Acts, but it's something he continues to do today. God is building. He's growing large and strong communities. And it, it kind of starts with this announcement. The announcement is Jesus is king. And with the king comes a kingdom. And Jesus wants to be in charge of all of our lives. And when he's in charge of all of our lives, all of our, all of our lives benefit from that. He knows what's best for us. When things are broken, he can fix them. When things are wrong, they become right with him. I mean, there's just these benefits. So people that become involved in following Jesus, learning who he is, the benefits in announcing, wow, wow life is good when Jesus is the king. And that does throw people. If you start making that announcement, that you're, you're going you're to run into others that say, no, Jesus isn't my king. In this day, there was, there was religion that people ran into that didn't recognize Jesus as the king. There was also the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire didn't recognize Jesus as king. Caesar, Caesar is Lord. Jesus is not Lord. Well, that brought him into a conflict. We have those same conflicts in the world that, that we live in. Uh, so there, there can be this level of persecution that people uh, encounter. But notice what these folks did. They just said, okay, if, if we can't freely announce the message of our king and his kingdom here, then we'll just relocate. We'll just go somewhere we, where we can. And they did. And as they relocated... They, that brought them into cross, they just begin to cross cultural boundaries and they begin to collaborate together with people from other cultures because Jesus brought people together into something new and better for everybody. And then you, you have, as, as that's happening, the stamp, just God saying, yes, 
That's what I want. Yes, that's what I've, I've been looking for. People from all cultures rallying together for something new and better on planet Earth. And then you have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. This, these people beginning to say and to do things that are, are extraordinary. And then the encouragement and confirmation. Yes, this is God. And then it comes back. It just this, this cycle of events that just keep happening. It's been rolling through history. God is growing. Large and strong communities who announce the king and his kingdom. So it really comes down to you and me. I mean, this is our history. This is our heritage. But I, I, I'm con- this is what God is doing today. And this is what God wants to do with us. I mean, he, he really wants to grow a large and strong community with us. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that this community of people has to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. God's growth usually multiplies, as, as you see it happening in the paragraph. It multiplied from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to Antioch. So different communities, they're all connected, but you, this thing is getting big and it's getting strong because God is growing it. So it doesn't mean, I mean, I'm not saying, hey, let's get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, no, I'm saying, hey, let's let God grow us. Let's, let's let God multiply us. Let's let God build something in us that's large and strong as we announce that Jesus is king and that his kingdom has come. He, get, he does that with us. That just, that I just, and truthfully, he can't do it without us. He wants us to be with him and what he's doing in, in our world. And that's, that's the it. That's what we can do for the rest of our lives. We, we can decide today, you know, I'm going to stick with God in this for the rest of my life. I, where, wherever God is growing community, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going I'm to attach to that and I'm going to stick with it. Because I want to participate with what God is doing. So I, I just want to invite you would, you. would you like to stand? And you know, Could we just have a time of just ministry? And like maybe signing up and saying, you know, yeah, I want to stick with that. I want to stick with what God is doing in my day. You know, as I thought about this, you know, I started with, what, what do we, we stick with? And I mentioned about employment. Yeah, I'm very well aware that most of us, at some point in our life, scratch your head and say, you know, I, don't, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. And then when I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, then that runs in, that bumps into finances. You know, we're not, we're not making it. Financially, we're not making it. And then, 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 we, you know, then we find a life mate, we get married, and then we, you know, now we're in marriage, and then, then we start having kids, and we think, well, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to have kids. I don't know how to bring up kids. You know, so life brings along all these questions. And then sometimes I think we, we attend meetings like this thinking, well, if I go to that meeting, then they're going to answer all those questions for me. I'll, I'll learn where I'm supposed to work. I'll learn how to man, manage my finances well. I, I'll know how to be a good husband or wife. I'll know how to be a good family member. You know, and those are all good things. But this is what I wanted. I just want to throw this at you. This is a suggestion. 
if we don't give ourselves to what God is doing, we'll never find the answers to those questions. See, Jesus didn't say, go to the, go to the nations, find a good job, make a lot of money, have a family, raise kids, and I'll be with you until the end. That's not what he said. Those are good things. Those are great things. But I'm really concerned is if we just want church to be the place where we kind of like are socially trained to do better in work and marriage with kids, I'm not sure we're ever going to be what we really want to be. Because pro- what I think what God wants to grow He wants to grow large and strong communities that announce the king and the kingdom. And when we do that, he takes care of everything else. Seek first. Seek first, not a good job. Seek first, not a good mate. Seek first, not a family. Seek first my kingdom and the righteousness of my kingdom. Let me grow a large and strong community with you, and I will take care of everything else. See, I really believe that if, if, we, really, if we really see the it in this paragraph, in our history, the it is God growing, large and strong communities announcing the king and the kingdom. And we can commit ourselves to that for the rest of our lives. He'll take care of the rest. But if that is not our priority, I think we'll live with a dissatisfaction until our last breath. Make sense? So so my invitation is, It's not that I don't want you to have a good life. (laughs) But I don't think our life is found in anything other than connecting with what God is doing. So Jesus, I want to thank you that you've invaded our world. That by invading our world, you've said, I've got something (laughs) really good. I'm inviting you to follow me. I'm inviting you to follow me together. I want to do something with a group of people. I want to grow a large and strong community that acknowledges me as king and receives the benefits of my kingdom. I want to bring that to the world. And Lord, you know, you know that all of us, as we have heard that message and as we've tried to apply that message, you know that we're pulled one way or the other. We worry about our job. We worry about our finances. We worry about our, our marriages. We worry about if we'll ever get married. We worry about kids. We, we, just, we just, things just stack up. And I know it's really easy to lose sight of the priority that you have for us. The first and foremost thing is for us to seek your kingdom. And so, Lord, as we stand before you as a group of people,
Lord, I want to ask that together we could say, yes, Lord. We want to be in on you growing a large and strong community who announces your kingdom for the rest of our lives. And Lord, as we commit to saying, yes, Lord, we want to be in on that. We want to trust you to take care of the rest of the stuff. We know that you care about us. We know that you care about our marriages. We know that you care about our finances. We know you care about how we work, where we work. We know that. But we, we sometimes don't trust you with that. So Holy Spirit, I would ask that you would come and really allow us to be honest with ourselves and with you. Your invitation is for us to stick with you as you grow large and strong communities and to stick with you for the rest of our lives. Help us, Holy Spirit, just to say yes. That's it. That's what I want to give my life for. I want to thank you that you make it so simple. You just, you just, you just make it so simple for us to say, yes, Lord. Yes. And you'll take care of the rest. Or we'll figure it out together. So we bless you, Lord. We thank you. In your name, amen. So I want to ask you if you, if you want to have any other conversation, you want to visit a little bit more about what we've talked about, or you want additional prayer, you know, just kind of come visit. Or you can mix and mingle and drink all the coffee, eat all the cookies, but save me too, okay? Thanks for our morning together. See you later.